album this shit first music I like they come for me and place a heavy price upon my head They say I've lived a life of waste and shame They say they'll see me once again when I am gone and at night I hear them whispering my name They promise me more agony than any man should feel The blood upon my hand shall be my own Below average talent, above average music The Asylum Mornings on Hellfire Radio Hey, what's up, man? I think it's pretty obvious right about now who you're looking at, but I'll tell you anyhow. I'm Shaggy Too Dope, the Southwest Strangler. And I'm Vina J, the Duke of the Wicked. And together we happen to be the Insane Clown Posse. And right about now, it's time to get a big, big, big fat shout out to Hell's Entertainment, their media outlet for all touring artists. They offer videography, design work, photography, motherfucking Freshology. Are you a touring artist? Do you get out there and grind? Or are you a boring artist? Do you sit home and whine? Because if you're a worker, hook up with Hell's Entertainment. That's right, Hell's Entertainment. You can reach me at www.hellentertainment.com. And if you're not done with that, go to hell. <laughs> I hit it again on accident. Got fat fingers. Wait hey, welcome everybody. Episode 25, Center Sundays. As always, our Demon of the Month, Amy Young from Amy Young Photography. You can check her out on hellentertainment.com, amyyoungphotography.com. All her socials are listed on our site, Hell Entertainment. And you can find her all there. You, you always say that. I do. I need to change no, it No, no, no. You always say it. As always, I'm like, well, we only have one demon per month. So it's only as always for the amount of months that weeks in a month. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Our guest tonight for In the Pit is Cole Hill, a.k.a. Killer C. You may have heard of him back in the day when he was on distribution with Strange Music, when he was with Grave Plot. Uh, with Liquid Assassin, he will join us tonight at 8.15, talking about his life-changing events, how what he's gone through, uh, quite the impressive stories, some, some things coming up we'll talk with him about, but you'll have to wait till he comes on in 11 minutes and 15 seconds. Hello, yeah. everybody. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? You know, good. It's Sunday. We're here. We're doing our thing. It's sure going to storm, possibly, so if we happen to lose you, that's why. <laughs> it's pouring outward up my way right now. You know, I thunder and lightning, so if you hear rumbles, it's either my stomach or thunder. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Christina, you posted something on our Facebook today. I want you to rattle off real quick and let people know what we're doing. I did, so... 
uh, it's August. I call it August. It's officially spooky season. It is Halloween. Um, and I know everybody's worried with COVID and everything. And they're like, oh, is the spirit going to be up? It is. And everybody can help. So I figured each week or every show, so even starting today, start commenting your favorite horror movies to watch. Old ones, classics, any indies, anything on like Netflix, Amazon, something that we can pop right on. Um, throw us some horror movies. I have a little bucket going. We'll pick one each week, watch it, and we'll tell you what we thought about it. So help us figure out some horror movies. Yeah, I want I want the different horror movies, and I, I don't want any like. Yes, we know the typical Michael Myers, Friday the Thirteenth with Jason, Freddy Krueger, Pinhead. I want some of the indie stuff. I want some of the stuff that no one really knows about. The also, and if you do say like Texas Chainsaw or Freddy or Chucky, which one? <laughs> and which, which remake? And which remake are we talking? <laughs> like, if you're talking a remake, what remake are we talking? Ashley's banging on her phone because it won't turn sideways. <laughs> that was the knocking noise. <laughs> um, as we do every week, we are streaming live on Hellfire Radio Facebook, Hell Entertainment <laughs> Facebook. Please share, share, share the show out to all your groups, all your friends, all your parents, brothers, sisters, share the show out. We would greatly appreciate it. Sure would. Sorry, I'm so quiet. I'm sharing. I'm just trying to share. <laughs> she, share. she wants to be entered to win stuff, even though she can't win stuff. Yeah. Da -da -da. <laughs> uh, no, not that. But share, it's important. It is important. You may have seen uh, Christina and myself and my wife on Friday night with the Friday fuckery takeover with Diego and Novella. That was quite the, the episode we had there. Quite the show. That was fun. And we did a thing on there with fears, kind of like a this or that fear. Which would you rather? So we're going to play off onto that today. Since Ashley was busy on a special assignment and couldn't join us, we're going to play off onto that tonight until we get our guest on, and we'll go with that. So, All right. Shoot. All right. I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with the first one. I'm ready. Um, would you rather <laughs> get sucked up by a tornado? Okay. These all result in death. Okay. Get sucked up by a tornado. <laughs> Or taken out by a tsunami. Tornado. Why? Mm. See, mm. you gotta think about that. Well, because drowning is one of my biggest fears. There's her phobia. <laughs> it's one of them. But drowning. Yeah. I probably want. And honestly, I I don't know. I feel like you would have a higher rate surviving a tornado. But these are both gonna result in death, regardless, no matter what you do. Yeah, I feel like a tornado would. Be less painful because if like a house hits me in the face, lights out. Fair yeah, enough. But if I'm too. drowning, I'm still like that's like a process for. But a tsunami's gonna take you, swoop you down a road, and you could be hitting your head off metal pipes and street signs and cars. I feel like a tornado would be faster than a tsunami today. Okay, so you go. So you go with tornado. Tornado. What'd what you pick? You? What, what did I pick? Do I don't know. know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. You don't even know. Well, yeah, I know it's my thing, but it's, of course I'm still torn about it. Jesus. Um, I think I would go tornado. I think it would be quicker. Yeah. Just because I think being sucked up in the funnel, being spun, even just being spun around. Yeah, there must be like a certain like statistic or like I don't know something that like 
your body can only handle so much like pressure and like, I'm making this up honestly. <laughs> Maybe like I don't know like I can't. I will have a GoPro. Oh, so you, you know what? what's happening? In a tornado, depending <laughs> how fast you're going, you'd probably pass out. That's what I'm saying. You'd probably pass out from from being sucked up into the funnel. That makes sense. What's up, Takara? We're also pretty because well, they make me look pretty because I'm ugly. So. Uh, Jerry Michael is back. He was here Friday night. He says tornado. Ben Bartlett, what's up, Ben? Uh, he says tornado as well. All right, tornado. All right. Next question. All right. What, what do you got? Oh, me? We're going to go to Christina. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were hammering me with the questions. All right. No, no, no. We're going to go round robin with everybody. All right. So I have to pick us something that would result in death. Or something like that. Okay. He wants to come back to you. Christina. No, I got it. All right. Okay. Would you rather die by a chainsaw or a wood chipper? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I want to hear from I want to hear from the people who are who are watching listening on this one too. What's yeah, chainsaw or wood chipper? Right, that's the word. Yeah, chainsaw or a wood chipper. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything since my question. But what's your opinion? Oh, I'm gonna go wood chipper. They both fucking hurt. Whichever would be faster over chainsaw. I, well, I don't I don't know if it, you're in head first. If you're going feet first, no, you're done. You're that's torture. But it also would be quick, torture. right? What? It would be quick, right? If you went feet foot first. No, it's pretty like it's slow. No, because I think you could probably fuck with the speed on one of those. Same with the chainsaw. And it depends on who's killing you because do they want to I'm torture gonna, you? Because you can also be tortured with the chainsaw. I'm going to go with the wood chipper. Because I think no matter what way you go in, even if you go in face first, you're going to pass out. You're going to pass out from the pain regardless. Like chainsaw, they could like, all right, I'm going to cut your ankle off. I'm going to cut your arms. Um, wood chipper, we don't know. Head first, feet first. Either way. What do you think, Christina? What would what, what, what you say? I'm going wood chipper. I just want to like swan dive into it or something. I think it would be faster. All right, wood chipper. Um, All right. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Wood chipper. All right. What about you, Christina? What would okay. Would you rather walk a mile that's on a bridge, like totally clear, like I don't know, a glass bridge um, above like a canyon or something, one mile, glass bridge, so height, or walk a mile with snakes and spiders running everywhere? Glass bridge. They even have to think about that. Because we talked about my fear, my foe would be on Friday. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, you're walking on it like. My height fear is strange. It's strange. It's like a little slight one because, like, like if I'm on the edge of a cliff and I look down, I get like vertigo. So like everything kind of like does this, and I lose balance. So it's not. So I feel like we like wheezy. But if I'm strapped in, like I'll go on a roller coaster all day. If I'm strapped in, I'll jump off a bridge if I'm on bungee cord. So it's weird. My height thing is strange. All right. Right. But um. The glass bridge, yeah. I was like, what was I talking about? That was a good stoner moment there. <laughs> Anyways, snakes and spiders, that's, that will, they can crawl up you into your clothes, into your shoes, like literally like run up your legs. No, glass bridge can't do that. I mean, my hands, if I'm walking on the glass bridge, my hands are sweating. 
I don't even know my reaction between that. And I don't even fear snakes. I like snakes. I can handle snakes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go through another round of this, I think, after uh, we bring Cole on. Because Cole just checked in. He's he's waiting there. He's watching the show. I see him back there. We're going to bring him in. We're going to talk with him, talk about what was going on. It's new in his, his, his world. We've been... I personally haven't talked with him in a couple of years. It's been some time. We're going to bring him in and uh, we're going to chat. What's up, Cole? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, how, how are you, are man? You? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you just fine. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, we, we appreciate you uh, taking the time out tonight to come on. I know you're, you're busy. you got a lot of things going on in your world. Uh, it's been some time since you and I talked. Um you know, just a quick backstory. Cole, aka back in the day, Killer C was one of Hell Entertainment's uh, first non-local artists that we worked with oh, when yeah. he was working uh, on his site with Straight Dirty and working with Loon. Um, so it's glad to have you back. I'm glad we reconnected. Glad to see you're doing well. Yeah, life is good. Good, good. Um, so what's been going on? We know we got you got some new music dropping. You got a book coming out. So um, absolutely, well. You know, people often ask, you know, like where I've been and all that, because, you know, after after the uh, Strictly Strange tour uh, in 2008, you know, I, I didn't do any more big tours after that. Um, but m most people don't know that uh, during that tour, um, I was actually attending college classes online for my first semester, trying to figure out if I could handle it or not. Um, you know, and, and it was it was it was crazy, too, because. You know, that was that was when God got a hold of me and really started to turn me around. And that's when I was saved was that year. It was it was, it was about a week or two before the Strictly Strange tour uh, started. And we'd already done 40 some shows that year. Uh, hold on a sec, man. I got this this dog driving me crazy. Hey, honey. <laughs> Can you take her? so she just got spayed and she's got the cone of shame on. So that was a little much uh, right right now, but we're good. Uh, anyway, um, so um, basically it was September of that year, 2008, and a lot of things have been building up to that. And God got a hold of me, and I was basically faced with the choice to you know finish dying or hurry up and start living. And so obviously I chose to start living because I'm here. Um, but I, but I had to you know kind of juggle like I have these commitments to finish this tour and all of these things and trying to figure out where I'm going. And one of the things for me that that occurred in the years prior to that was that I realized that I'd had the ability to impact young people, but that I was using it for all the wrong reasons and all the wrong ways. And it, it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for the people that I was impacting. And so that was something that wore on me a lot. And I talk about that in the book. But anyway, um, you know, kind of to, not to give too much away, but to but to just put it out there is. Um, it all kind of came to a head and there I am headed out on that tour and, and trying to wrap my head around things. So there I was, you know, I'm on, I'm on tour with strange and tech nine and everybody. And I mean, everything you can imagine that life on a tour bus is like it is. And then some, and then there's me kill on the back of the bus with a computer and books taking college classes, telling people I'm going to be a teacher one day. You know, I mean, I bet you can imagine how many people uh, believed in me back then. And so I just kind of put the blinders on and, move forward um and you know three years later i graduated with a major double major in english and history education and started teaching in 2012 and 
so that's that's a big part of my journey and that's that you asked me where i've been and what i've been up to and so that's a big part of it uh d directly after that i earned a master's degree and then ultimately a doctorate degree uh and so i've been busy you know learning taking classes teaching classes i've taught some college but uh mostly i teach high school uh in fact uh we we go back to school this week here in montana uh so that's exciting but uh that's been a big part of what i've been doing you know and then something else that i'll share with you guys that that people have asked me about but i haven't really been too vocal about um so this is a little bit of an exclusive for you um is a lot of times people ask hey what happened to all those old albums you know what happened to all those old songs right and um so this is something that came about in 2016 right before i put out the killacy presents cole hill album i was really convicted about something and it was this right so i'm a school teacher now you know I, I i speak a positive message everywhere i can and i i work with kids i work with their parents i work with adults um you know and i strive to be a positive role model uh and then there's this music right that for lack of a better word had a lot of evil connotations or was you know overtly evil and and had a lot of just awful messages in it in terms of like in all honesty is that something you would want your children doing and hopefully the answer would be no um and so it really began to to wear on me like i'm still getting this money you know and it's hard to turn down money especially when it magically shows up in your bank account you know what i mean like <laughs> it's nice um but but how how would how did i resonate with that when it's like on one hand i'll say to your face this is the message but on the other hand if you go spend money on it i'll collect that and i'll spend it you know so like that's that's one of the things that kind of it kind of came to a head for me and and so about two weeks before i released the cole hill album in november of 2016 um I called, I called the studio where all of my glass masters for all of my album releases were. I called the manufacturing plants, NVIDIA and disc makers and had them send the glass masters. Uh, and I broke everything. I, I, I went to my graphic designers and I got their files and I broke those files of the artwork. Um, I took every copy I had uh, that was in my garage and I broke those so I couldn't recreate them, put holes in them and put them in the dumpster. Uh, and then I went through uh, my digital distributor and had them delete from their catalog all of my back catalog that I owned, everything before War Stories. Um, and so I couldn't recreate it if I wanted to. I don't. Uh, it was the right decision at the right time. Um, and I stand behind it. Now, a lot of people still have it and they listen to it and it has some meaning for them. And that's what it is. And that's fine. But I took it out of circulation um, and I stand behind that. And the reason, obviously, I left War Stories album in place is if you listen to the whole record, it's not a Christian record, but it is the story of how a blasphemous man became a Christian. It's kind of like a blueprint, you know. Um, and so I think that that's an integral one to keep up there as I move forward. So I did that. I put out the Cole Hill album in 2016. And um you know kept teaching kept working on things and all of that and you know here we are go working on five years later and and now now that i'm you know getting on in a new career and all that it seems like 
I have this five-year calling back to, to music every five years or so. And the time is now, you know. Um, I'm really excited to be working on what I'm working on. Um, the, the, the song Lead Me is, a, is an exclusive single. It's actually not on the upcoming record. Uh, that's just a bonus for everybody to have, listen to, enjoy. I put that out a few weeks ago. Uh, it's available on all digital platforms. So anywhere you get your digital music, whether you stream it or download it, um, you can get that, the new song by Killisee, Cole Hill. Uh, it's called Lead Me. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's just kind of a bonus for this season where I'm about to put out the book. You know, the book is written, the book is done. And we're all in line for a September 15th release date, which is going to be really sweet. So we're really looking forward to it. And the book is called from crime to Christ, thumbprints of God and the life of a criminal, which is aptly named because that's exactly what it is. You know, those who know me or knew me well uh, know that wherever my music was, it was always a reflection of where I was in life and in some capacity or another, sometimes more than others. But, uh, um, you know, there's there, there's a hard criminal element to, to the path that I lived to do what I did. And, you know, I repent of that and I'm happy to be healed from it and moved on. So that's the long answer to what I've been up to. That's excellent. Man. And, and, you know, I'm so happy to see that, you know, you you recognize that you turn that corner, you got saved, you got, you know, you're, you're doing right by what you want to do and, and to inspire others. Uh, that's so great. Now, with, with the book, is that going to be coming out just digitally? Are you doing hard copies? Are you doing a book tour? Uh, no book tour. I mean, I, you know, I, I suppose I could get talked into a bookstore appearance or something like that, but I don't have any of that planned. It is going to be available everywhere that you want to get a book, though. So um, all of the digital pl platforms, of course, it'll be available on um, through especially through Amazon. So you got your ebooks, your Kindles and all of those places where anybody buys ebooks, you can get the ebook. Uh, but you can also buy a hard copy, and that'll be available through Amazon. So you'll be able to order um, order a hard copy, get a hard copy of the book, um, which is pretty cool. It's pretty sweet to be able to do that. I'm excited about that process. You know, I've, I'm executive producer to something like 17 album releases throughout my music career, and this is my first book. You know, it's not the first book I've written, actually. It's technically the third book I've written, but this is the first one I'm publishing. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And I tell you what, man, like for me, you know, writing this book has been so therapeutic. It was like the final missing piece of this phase that I needed to go through for my own growth, you know, and that's been really cool because like I had to sit down and hash out some stuff and some of it was pretty old. You know what I mean? Some of what I'm talking about goes back more than 20 years um, and it was necessary, you know, and, and it felt good. To, to, to do that. And it's, it's really, um, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's really revealing and, um, I'm really putting myself out there in a lot of ways, uh, with this. And my hope is that my story will help people, you know, um, whether it's someone, you know, or yourself, you know, whoever it is, whoever that may be, um, because there's so many connecting points in this story that I think that just about everybody, if not everybody that picks it up is going to be able to see themselves or someone they love in a part of it. And that gives them access to exactly what I'm talking about, you know, and, and there's a lot of value in that for me, I think, and for anybody that picks it up. 
yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to read it. Uh, knowing you from prior experiences and past relations that we've done business, I'm excited to read it from the journey to the past to the present to the future with you. Um, was the book something that was planned or was it something you were just kind of sat down and you were just jotting some notes out of your head and you were like, hey, I should maybe put this into a book or how was that process go? That's a great question. That's a really great question. Um, so basically, you know, people have been saying you should write a book for, I don't know, at least a decade or more. And so I've been hearing that over and over again, you know, in the context of write a book about, you know, the story of, you know, God's work in your life, that sort of thing. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he says, Bless you. I, I sneezed. Yes, you did. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> oh, good. Um, you know, and so, so that's something that's always been just right there because people say it, I hear it, it's on my mind. Oh, yeah, it'd be cool. It's one of those things a lot of people think about, and you put it in that one day pile. One day I'll get to it, right? And it's also one of those things that no matter what your experience is, if you haven't done it before, where do you start, right? Like, I mean, it's not like you just, boom, there's a book, right? Where do you start? So actually for me, what started was last fall. Um, you know, a, a guy by the name of Adam Vibe Gunton, uh, who I happened to be friends with on Facebook and had met, uh, I, I believe, through some encounters in music, uh, people around him uh, prior to all of this. But uh, he was a recovering drug addict, and um, he started a company called Recovered on Purpose. And the whole purpose of Recovered on Purpose was to help addicts get their stories out to people so that the story of recovery could help other people. And he he put out every bit of his process on Facebook. So, like, I remember the day that he posted that he wrote one chapter, his very first chapter, and that his mentor through the program that he was going with was giving him feedback. And I'm like, this guy's writing a book and this is, this has the power to impact people in a positive way. I'm definitely interested. So then I started following him and I'm watching him over the course of a month. Dude writes his book over the course of like five weeks and then less than a month later it's published and he's a best-selling author. Um, and so I reached out to Adam and I said, Hey man, I love what you're doing and I want to hear more. And he told me what's going on. And so we teamed up and he taught me what he knows and you know he walked me through some coaching in terms of you know the the process of putting the book together the publishing format and all of those things and so i'm very thankful to recovered on purpose and i'm very thankful to adam vibe gunton and his book which is called from chains to saved and it's about his journey through uh addiction and all of that which a lot of people can relate to i can relate to that and you know, I mean, it's 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 a very powerful book. I, I highly recommend it. You can get it on Amazon right now if you like. He even did an audio book, uh, something that I'm going to be looking at after the release date as well. But yeah, so that's kind of the process, you know, and it's been exciting for me because, you know, having an English degree, I've, I've learned how to write well. Um, and now I know how to put a book together and, and do it effectively and efficiently in a way that, that communicates a, a, a cohesive message. And so... Um, I'm anticipating that this will be the first of more to come. That's awesome. It's so yeah, great to hear. Great. And the process, I can only imagine the process of actually writing a book. 
And I have another question. I know I'm stealing it from you guys oh, right now. <laughs> um, I know you went into teaching. You went to, I believe, the history and English way of teaching. Do any of your students come up to you and say, hey, I recognize you from, you know, you know, strange tour. Do I recognize you from your old music? Do they ever put two and two together? Well, so the strictly strange tour was 2008. So they would have been about, if they were seniors now, they would have been about six years old at the time of that <laughs> tour, right? Yeah. Uh, right. So we're, but, but at the time when I first started teaching, yeah, there were students that had been to my shows, you know, um, and, it's not as much as it used to be, but occasionally there'll be kids that'll walk by my classroom or come into my classroom, you know, singing lyrics and stuff, you know, and I always get a kick out of it. You know what I mean? Like I just chuckle with them, you know, it's a connecting point, you know, it, education is all about relationships and you know, my whole mission to be a teacher wasn't to get rich, you know what I mean? And it wasn't for summers off um, because you know, if you know a good teacher, you know, they don't take summers off. They, they were, they're just not in the classroom. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, you know, my, my mission in education from the jump was to reach kids who are as I was, um, because I, I can go back and remember what high school was like for me and the things that I was doing. And I had some people who were very influential, who gave me some opportunities that did save my life in many ways. And I talk about that in the book, but there are also some key points in my childhood where like, if somebody like me now would have stepped in and said, Hey, this is what's up it may have really helped me a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and so that's, that's something that I get to be now, you know, and kids know that because I mean, I'm a public figure in multiple ways, but those that, you know, everybody knows that I, that I had a music career and that I was into rap and that I did all that. Like that's just common knowledge. My administrators know it. All the other teachers know it. The videos are out there. I mean, there's millions of views and downloads and all that stuff. So it's just, it's just out there. Um, and so most people don't care, but some of the kids do. Uh, and, and then it's something they ask questions about and I tell them and for other kids, you know, because there's kids that are involved in gang activity and crime and drug use and whatnot, and they're not afraid to ask me and I'm not afraid to tell them, you know what I mean? Um, because I mean, it, why did I survive that? Why did God pull me through that if not to help others? So that's kind of my take on it. That's my perspective on it. Um, it's just how, how I do it, you know? And so it's kind of fun because, you know, I'm getting a strange light right here, but uh, it's, it's kind of fun because occasionally I get questions to be used in that capacity. And uh, the place I'm teaching now is recently, there's a few, there's a few coaches that have asked me to uh, make fight songs for, for the school. So I mean, that's actually what I'm working on right now is uh, is what will be some fight songs. So, you know, and I, and I might even come out of the tunnel with the team. You know what I mean? Oh, that's very um, cool. So, I mean, it's just fun. You know, it's fun stuff. And, and people it's, it's a way for kids to relate. And uh, it's a good time. So, yeah, that's that. Well, that's cool. I'm going to let the Christina and Ashley have something here. <laughs> I've been taking it over with you. Um, so, Ashley, go ahead. So, so going back the beginning of our entire conversation 2008 when you're on the back of a tour bus just hammering out school obviously with like like you said a bus tour bus with tech nine must be insane so how like like you're obviously a strong-headed person to like completely focus on you and knowing what eventually you wanted to do 
yeah. in the long run and just like how is that process for you to just never obviously you achieved your goal you never stopped and did up the partying so how like hard is that the process and all that for you well you know it, it was difficult uh, you know, I refer to it as putting the blinders on, you know, like ignoring all the noise and all the distractions and all the negativity. But, you know, the, the credit for that really goes to God, because like I told you prior to that tour, prior to me enrolling in college, um, you know, I was faced with I was literally faced with the decision to finish dying or hurry up and start living. And so I was at a point where I knew that if I didn't follow through with that, I was going to be dead soon. Um and so I was highly motivated, not because I had value in my own life, I certainly didn't, uh, but because uh, I, I had a daughter, it, you know, and um, I didn't want to do that to her. And right. so that was, the, that was the number one thing for me. And she was in, at the time of that tour, gosh, she was in kindergarten, kindergarten or first, first grade, kindergarten, yeah. And I, you know, I remember like, <laughs> I still have it. Like before I went on tour, she made me this little construction paper ladybug with a little, you know, love note from my six-year-old daughter on it. And I had that in my bunk, you know, that whole year while I'm on tour, you know. And uh, I, like I said, I still have it. And that was just something that I always looked at. I always remembered, you know, it was important. And um, so that was difficult. Um, but I had to make a conscious decision. You know, when you're when you're talking about life change. Um, it's never easy, you know, uh, people can change and I'm living proof. But, um, when you're talking about that, one of the key things is getting your, your mind in the right place and accepting consequences and realities before you're presented with adverse situations. So I went onto that tour bus knowing that, that people were going to talk trash, that people were going to doubt me, that people would believe that I couldn't do it. So I just adopted a personal philosophy of, well, that doesn't matter. Cause I know, I know where I'm going, you know? And so that was, that was really what I had to do to get through. My strength came from God in that, because that's not something I would have been able to endure just as Cole Hill, as kill because somebody doubting me, I mean, those are fighting words, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, so, so really that was, that was, it was, you know, prayer, devotion, and staying focused in that way. And I really, really wanted to be different uh, because the alternative was not good for anybody. That's great. That's a, that's, I, that's amazing to, yeah, to be able to block, out, to block out and put those blinders on, especially on the tour bus. And hey, speaking of blinders, I'm going to hit these blinds and get this light out of my face. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Christina, you got some questions for Cole when he comes back? I do, I do. I know. I was going to say, it's nice and sunny there, but it's horrible. Um, Dark here. We're storming here. Oh. Not much rain, yeah. though, now. Or like yeah, if anyone, if, and anyone out there that's watching, that's listening, if you got questions for Cole, please put them in the comments. We'll put them up there. We'll have them answer them while we have them. Uh, such a great, inspiring story that he's he's got that uh, we Where can all take. I got little fucking flies all over and I don't know where they're coming from. That's why I'm over here like That's why I slept the back of my neck I knew what you were doing I got bugs 
You might like want that. <laughs> I don't got fleas. I mean, they are flying around, but. Yeah, I don't know. So we're just over here crushing those things. With them. And I'm trying, I'm trying not to hit the mouse pad because if I do that, I might click off something. Yeah, don't do that. That's why I was like, yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. Uh, still raining out there, Christina. Um, no, I think it kind of calmed down a little bit, but I did see another big spurt of a storm coming our way. So we'll see. But so far, my power is still on, which is nice. Great. The wind definitely stopped too. I got you. And that is your Sunday night weather report. <laughs> I know, well, it's, it's sunny out there where cold is. I want to be out there where it's sunny and warm again. It was sunny and warm here earlier. <clears throat> I am ready for that fall weather, though. No, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it to work. So we, we just bought a new house, and uh, I've never dropped those blinds before, and they are half broken now. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, good for you. Anyway, Tasha's going to help me out here, I think, so that we can get back <laughs> to the interview. So I'm just going to be Mr. Stripes for a little bit. <laughs> Christina, why don't you go ahead? You said you had some questions for Cole. I do. So I was listening to both the new and I was curious on the old stuff. Where did you, what's the difference singing from? Like, where were you singing for your old album compared to where does the music come from now? There we go. Oh. That's good. <laughs> we turn the map light on. Yes. And maybe get a little light. Thank you so much. Let's see how's that? Yeah, maybe a little bit more like not maybe that one. Sorry. <laughs> or other direction. There we go. There you go. How's that? Is that Perfect. good? Yeah, we're you good. Okay. I'm I'm a little less lit up, but I'm not stripey. <laughs> no, you're uh, good. <laughs> so so are you talking about like where's the inspiration come from? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, it sounded like two different tones. Like was it from the heart or was one just what was on your mind? So you know, the thing that I, you know, if, if you were to ask me what I was most known for as Killacy prior to God getting a hold of me, you know, one of the things that I strived to be then was, you know, the worst I could be. So the best at being the worst, the, the sickest, the most vilest, the most shocking, the most offensive in every way I possibly could. And so then it was the most creative ways that I could come up with to kill myself or to kill others or to, you know, glorify violence and all of those horrific things. And so that was something that was deeply rooted in me because of the life I was living. So, yeah, it came from within. I mean, whatever, I, whatever resemblance of a heart I had at the time, that's where it was coming from. I mean, I was I was highly emotionally connected to what I wrote and I loved the, you know, and I've always loved the creative process. Um, but over the course of the last, you know, several years, the things that I've started to write and how, I, how my writing has changed, um, especially with the Cole Hill album, you can see, you can tell on that as well is, you know, the idea now if when I write music is to put the glory where it goes, you know, with God. Right. So if you listen to the song, lead me, it's not about, me. it's not about my life. It's about, you know, reaching out to God to, to lead me and, and my desire to honor him with, with my life. Um, and so that's, 
really where it comes from. Um, I want to write music that's positive and uplifting. Um, and that's not at all who I used to be. You know what I mean? Um, before I would make music that you would listen to if you were on your way to go commit crimes. Um, now I strive to write music that you would listen to that might help you decide not to commit crimes, right? You know, one of my favorite things, guys, that I hear often, and like, this is why I still do music. This is why I put my phone number on my CDs and everywhere, you know, people want to call me. I'm like, it's no secret. I'll give you my phone number right now. Um, is because one of my favorite things to hear, and I hear it every so often, is if Killa C can do it, I can do it. You know, and I'm like, that's absolutely right. You know, um, people see the juxtaposition in who I was and who I am now and who I'm becoming, and and they go, oh, well, that's so radical. At least that means I could do it. You know, and I'll tell you a short story about a song that had a had a huge impact on a guy. I'm not going to say his name, um, but uh, I didn't know him until after this happened, right? But he's he's a, he's a guy that. Uh, um, had been a fan for many years and he was on the cusp of killing himself. He was in the process of actually uh, driving his high speed vehicle uh, towards the edge of a cliff. And he had his iPod on shuffle. And this is in 2016 or 17. And his music shuffled to the song off the Cole Hill album called uh, Give It to God. And so he started listening to the lyrics of Give It to God as it came on. And he slammed on his brakes just before and skidded to where he didn't go off the cliff and listened to the rest of the song. And then he picked up his phone and called me. And that was the first time I talked to him. And he told me his story. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and so this is somebody I've kept in contact with a little bit over the years. And it has been such a blessing to watch his transformation in his life. I didn't do it. You know, God did that work in him and he didn't do it. He just let God work in him. And it's so cool to be used for that. It's so fun to watch that positivity happen because I can tell you on the other side of things, I'll never know how many people killed themselves because that was the message my music gave them. I'll never know how many people went to prison because my music told them, hey, go commit crimes and do bad stuff. Um, I'll never know how many families were torn apart because of the message that I put out there. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason why I feel good about like not selling that stuff anymore. But then, you know, you hear one of those testimonies and it makes everything worth it. If he was the only person that bought that record, it would make it worth making that record. You know what I mean? And so I'm blessed now because, you know, I, I, I live and make my living in education, which I love, and it's very redemptive. And uh, um, so I don't need to rely on album sales or record deal or royalties or collab fees or any of that. Um, you know, I'm not looking to get rich off a book. I just want it to reach people that need or want to hear the message, you know? So in a nutshell, there's your answer. <laughs> Do you, so do you plan to tour at all with your new music coming out no. or no? <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I, I, I had to get really messed up to, to enjoy touring, you know? Um, 
And I, I suppose in my new life, there would be a healthy way to do it. But, you know, touring and the music business side of things is not conducive to family living. It's not conducive to successfully raising healthy children uh, and managing, you know, positive and healthy relationships. It's just not. I mean, uh, the, the quote unquote Hollywood component is, is very unhealthy. Um, and so my take on it is that, you know, with the new album and thing, things that, that are coming is if, you know, if, if somebody does want a guest appearance in a place, I'll do that outside of my current schedule. You know, so I teach during the week. I'm not going to take days off to go to go do a tour or to go do a concert. But if if somebody wanted to fly me to somewhere else for a Saturday's Friday night, Saturday night set of shows or something like that, or speaking at a church or a school or youth group or whatever, you know, I'm happy to do that. And I've done a fair amount of that. I do more public speaking now than I do shows. Um, but, awesome. uh, you know, I, I would do some of that if the opportunities came available. The difference is now though, I don't seek them out, you know? Like I'm not I'm not looking for shows. Uh, I'm not looking to be booked. You know, if it comes to me um, and it works and it's right with the situation and, and whatnot, then, and it's good for my family, then I'll do it. Um, but uh, long gone are the days of, of, you know, doing whatever you have to do for exposure. Uh, and I'm thankful for that because, quite frankly, as an artist, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I, w I would love to see and come to one of your uh, public speakings or um, I can't think of the word to come here and hear your story you know, live and see how it inspires others. Because it truly is, a, for lack of a better word, it's a killer story, <laughs> a lack of a better word, um, to see the transformation, to see where you're at, where you're going, what you've done thus far. The people you've inspired it's, it's long journey yeah it's a it's hell of a long journey i commend you on that um not all not like you said not everyone can do it and whether it's a higher power that's leading you there you know that's that's awesome um okay, now with being now with, with being in, in the teaching i kind of a, a fun question ish okay um you obviously seen and heard of hamilton with the with the rap and the play and all that that was on broadway and with you being I, in, I have in the Broadway version, though, but I, I I would go to it if I had the opportunity. If you had the opportunity to to write a rap musical like that, who would you pick as your inspiration to write that Ooh. musical on? Okay. So is, is <laughs> the musical about me, or am I am I just writing for a musical? You're writing for a musical, and that question actually came from my wife. I'm going to give her the credit on that one. Well, she came up <laughs> with a great question. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> All right, so so I, I'm going to go with Tupac, and here's why. So a lot of people will say Tupac's their favorite rapper or whatever, and he was, you know, hugely influential and sold millions and millions of records, and he was big. So like, he's a popular choice to be a favorite. The reasons I like Tupac are a little more in depth. Okay, so Tupac was, you know, he was a poet before he was a rapper. You know, he appreciated the arts uh, when he was in high school. I mean, he, he went to a uh, academy in Baltimore, and it was a it was a high school basically that uh, in which like he studied ballet and things like that, and he learned about Shakespeare and, and had an appreciation for literature, um, and then he applied that 
to his rap career. And the thing about his lyrics as they are is whether he's telling a story that's his or someone else's that he heard, because he was one of the people who would actually stand straight up say, hey, when I was in prison, I met these people and these are stories that they told me and I wrote raps about it. Like he actually did that and he was honest about that. And there's nothing wrong with that um, because the message in those in, in those lyrics is very raw. It's very powerful and it's very moving um, and it's very real. You know what he what he really started. I, and I would credit Tupac with this is in my mind, a genre I would refer to as thug poetry. Right. And so this is something that when I get to poetry units with my English students, I, <clears throat> I always bring up Tupac, you know, um, because it, 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 that's a phrase he used, thug poetry. But but in reality, if we were to talk from a literary perspective, I would hope 100 years from now he would be in those anthologies and collections where they would say thug poetry was started here. And, you know, you look at the mastery with which he did that. Uh, it's on par with the mastery with which William Shakespeare did the English language and iambic pentameter. Um, and, and so I like that a lot. And, um, and, and so for me, if I was to try and draw inspiration for a rap musical, that would probably be the first place I would look in terms of uh, someone to inspire me. That's awesome. That, that's a great answer. Solid answer. Solid, solid. Um, Christina, what do you got up there? Anything else before we, we let Cole go back to his everyday Sunday life? Uh, what advice would you give someone to kind of find the new journey or the higher up um, or just the positive to totally do the change you did? What would be the best advice? Well, the only advice I really have there is give it to God. And here... Here's why, because like I've said, and like I've, I have to keep saying is it's not something I did. It's not something I had the power or the capability of doing. And you have to go no further than anybody that actually knew me from that time. And they'll tell you the same thing. Like, like I have friends who are atheist and agnostic and who are, you know, very much still living like we were 10, 12, 15 years ago, who will tell you they don't believe in God, but they know it was God that changed me. Right. Um, and, and so that's ultimately it because I had, I had to give up control of where I was going. And for a guy who's always been, you know, really big on having control over everything, that's hard. Um, but it's also freeing at the same time, because, you know, one of the things that I found in that time is like, it was years before that, that there was a couple of people that God had placed in my life that were like planting seeds of faith. And so it wasn't like it all happened in a day. It all culminated in a day, but over time, these seeds of faith and knowledge about the Lord were, were sprinkled on me, in me and around me by a couple of people that I looked up to and respected uh, and that I gave the opportunity to speak life into me. And, um, and so really one of the biggest fears I had during that time until I turned it over was that change, was losing that control, was being different, was being judged by other people, by, by people looking at me different, by losing my acceptance or losing what I had earned or my status and all of those things that we all have a status. We all have a position. 
we all have a persona that we uphold every day. Like we, we get up in the morning and we put it on, uh, you know, and our, our brains are trained for that. And so when you're talking about radically changing your, your very being to the core, um, you're talking about pushing the reset on something that you've spent your lifetime building not just a rap career, but everything you are and the people you know and the friends that you have. And that's scary. It's very scary. You know, like think about it for, for an addict or for me, like I was, you know, if you, you'll read the book and hear about the life of crime I was leading simultaneous to the rap career is, um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the income I was making, the people who depended upon me financially because of what I was doing, uh, the criminal elements all, all rolled into that. Like, how's, how's it going to be when I step out and say, I'm not that anymore. And I say that with conviction, right? Um, it's not easy. You know, you don't want to lose those people. And I mean, quite frankly, there are people, I did lose some friends, but I'll say this. There was, there was one thing that, although I put the blinders on, like I like to say, there was one thing that I made a personal conviction to uphold as best I could throughout that transition process. And that was to honor my commitments that I had in place. Uh, you know, some of them were on the other side of the law too. And I had some things I had to take care of, you know, uh, but to um, not push people away. Right. Because I knew that like, if I, if I were to go up to my friends who were living as I was and be like, Hey guys found God. So unless you're with the program, like what does that do for them that just affirms for them that they don't want any part of, of of a life with christ right so like that's not modeling what i'm learning that's not that's not sharing my faith in any positive or productive way that's just saying oh i'm better now you guys are not so i'm out of here so like i had a personal conviction not to not to do that so the way i handled everything is i said this is me you can accept it or not. And I left it at that. And I didn't turn my back on anybody. And that, that's really what I'm trying to say is, is there, there were people that turned their back on me straight up. And I guarantee you, you, you know, if you quit using drugs, you're going to lose friends. You quit drinking, you're going to lose friends. You stop selling dope, you quit the gang, you stop with the crime, you're going to lose friends, you're going to lose friends, you're going to lose friends. Now, you can do it in a way where you have a positive impact on those people and you lose less friends and people will respect you. And that's what I strive to do. And it was like, this is me. God got a hold of me. Here's my story. I'm being transparent. Love you no matter what. Hope we can still be cool. And that was that. And, and that's how I handled it. But I had to repeat that a lot over the years, over those first few years. And I remember the first time one of my very, very close friends that I did most of my dirt with um, called me and he says, hey, we got to go. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And he said, so-and-so who robbed so-and-so is over at this place and we got to go get him. And I'm like, dog, I'm sorry, man, but I told you I can't go. I told you this, that's not me anymore. And I knew in that moment that might cost me him as a friend. And he made it sound like that was the case. And he was really upset because there'd never been a time in his life that I wasn't there until that moment. And I couldn't do that anymore. I made a commitment. I wasn't that guy anymore. And he was mad. You know, um, but now we look back and he and I talk every so often and he's got a new life, too. And, and he respects that. And after that moment, he respected that. And his his respect for me grew 
uh, over time, knowing that that's where my conviction lay to the point where years later, when he got married, he had me officiate his wedding. So, you know, you never know what work God's going to do because uh, he can do all things. You know what I mean? If he can speak the world into existence, he can he can change, a, you know, a little life like mine or anybody else's. You know, the key is you got to let him. So that's something that that I that I remember I strive to and I work towards. And, and for some people, you know, it might be like, well, that's too much to do. That's too much to do all at once. And I'm like, absolutely. Like it took me like five years. Like, you know, now it's in the past. We can talk about it as though it happened in an instant. But like, I mean, I remember the first time I walked into church, you know, I walked into Harvest Church in Billings, Montana, and I'm like 300 pounds. You know, I'm covered in hatch man. I got tattooed everywhere. You know, I got ICP stuff on. I stink, right? You know, I'm smoking all the way to the door. You know, I'm high and I'm drunk. Uh, you know, and I got gang rags hanging off my pocket and I'm walking in like, you know, I'm expecting the place to strike me with lightning. You know what I mean? But then there was, I mean, but there was like three pastors that were dang near tripping over each other to get to me to shake my hand and tell me welcome. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what it is. You know, you, you treat people like people and that's the truth about God. That's the truth about Christ is, is he, he welcomes us as we are. And that's one of the fundamental things that was so powerful for me to find and realize. And it took me five years to get it is that like, you don't have to clean up to come to Christ. You don't got to change everything to come to Christ. Like you can give your heart to Christ in an instant. And if you're sincere about it, your life is going to change over time after that. Not because you have to, but because you're going to want it to, and you're going to be happier for it, but you don't even have to worry about that. You know? Um, and so that's my, that's my advice is you take it one step at a time. And if you're looking to better your life, if you're looking to get clean, you're looking to get sober, you're looking to be happier, healthier, even if you don't have faith, even if you don't believe in, in, in God, um, you know, honestly, the church is going to be one of your best resources. You can walk into a lot of these churches. I guarantee you, you could walk into Harvest Church and you can say, Hey, I don't believe in God, but, uh, I hear you guys do life pretty well. And I'm interested in how that works. And you're going to make friends and people are going to be like, okay, well, glad to have you here. You know, and that's not the case everywhere. There's bad examples to everything. And if you find one, you know, brush it off and move on. You know what I mean? Uh, because there's bad churches out there. There's bad people out there. There's a lot more good people if you know how to look for them. Right. You know, so that's, that's kind of my best advice in that regard. And uh, people are always welcome to hit me up. My cell phone number is 406-690-6629. You can email me. You can text me. The best way to, thing to do with my cell phone number, by the way, is just to text me. Uh, my email is colehill at gmail.com. That's C-O-U-L-H-I-L-L -L at gmail.com. You know, you can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, and you can hit the Kill a C Facebook page, too. And, you know, I'm always happy to talk to people. I'm always happy to reiterate that. You know, and one of the things that I'm going to save for the book, guys, is the story of that five year process uh, and how God really got a hold of me and the things that happened during that time. Because I think there's a lot of things that people are going to be able to read where they're going to say, that's me right now or that's me then or that's me. That's where I'd like to be. And they'll be able to make those connecting points. And I, I think that's really important. Uh, so I'm going to save that that for the book. And we can talk about that a little more after the book comes out. For sure. Uh, but uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. I appreciate that. And it's just been a lot of fun to be here. And, you know, I, I hope and pray that, uh, you know, this interview is used to uh, help people and that, uh, you know, people, 
people enjoy what we have here. Absolutely. We, we sincerely appreciate you taking time out tonight yes, to, to talk with us. We're, we're going to put the show up later on on our site, hellentertainment.com. Uh, when the book comes out, I'll post a link on there as well so people can know where to, know where to go to find the book. Uh, September 15th, I believe, is the release date for it, as we mentioned. Um, so, again, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Wish you all the best. Um, and we'll definitely connect after the book comes, after I get a chance to read it. And uh, we can chat some more on the book, absolutely. That sounds great, man. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, when you get this link up, I'll go ahead and share it on my social media pages, too. And so we'll, we'll get it out there. All right. We appreciate thank that. Thank you. Cole, thank, thank you. you so much. We're going to let you go, and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. God bless Bye. you all. We'll talk soon. See you next thank time. Thank you. Hey, y'all. That was Cole Hill, a.k.a. formerly known as Killer C, uh, with one hell of an inspiration story yeah. there. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out real quick to our homie Stray over at Sky Swamp Orange. He popped in here to say what up. Didn't want you to think that we forgot about you. We were just busy with, with Cole there. Um, and Olivia says, Christina. So <laughs> I did. I like that. That was you good. Like that? You did a good job. Um, so thank you, everyone, for, for joining us tonight on our show. Uh, it was a great show. It was a great show. Don't forget, it'll be up on hellentertainment.com if you missed it, along with his new book link when it comes out, September 15th, and music, all that good stuff. A lot of good stuff coming from him. You can catch our recap. On the Hellfire Instagram at about 9.15, 9.20, you'll catch myself and Ashley uh, making fools out of ourselves over there, mm -hmm. talking about the show that we just did while Christina laughs and shares it out. And um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Christina, any last words before we go? Kinko. Yes. Shirts still available. Shirts are still available. Kinko is home. Yes. Um, so we are very, very happy here that Kinko is home and he's doing well. Uh, so much love to Kinko if he is watching, if he's watching later. Hell, Hell Entertainment, Hellfire, we love you. Glad you're, glad you're back. Back, yeah. Can't wait to get you back on the airwaves and, you know. Link up. Exactly. Do, do a cross show or something. Uh, coming up next on Hellfire, we got Shifty with Skitsy at 10. So check him out there. And other than that, we are going to say goodnight, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye.